Hey guys, this is Madison Smith sitting down with Elias at Man Cave Chronicles. Look for me in season two of The Order out now on Netflix. Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal. You're my boy, boo. Yo, ain't you? A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah. TV. Nice. Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more from deep inside the Man Cave. Your host, Elias. Madison, welcome to the cave. Thanks for having me. How are you, man? What's new with you? Not a lot. You know, it's one of those things where there can't be a lot still going on because quarantine's still kind of happening. Um, you know, I'm up, luckily up in Canada, so things are moving a little bit quicker here with getting things back on track. But, uh, you know, things are still slow goings. Yeah. What were you doing during this whole quarantine thing when you couldn't work? Uh, luckily, I kind of tried to look at some of the positives that I could have. I got to spend some really nice quality time with my parents that I really wouldn't have had an opportunity to do if not for all of this. I mean, I basically stayed with them for a month and a half. Oh, wow. um, I, the longest I've seen them since moving out when I was 20 years old was, I mean, a week for Christmas. Otherwise, it's always been, you know couple days here a weekend there but this was a whole month and a half that I basically got to stay in the same house and have my mom and dad cook me dinner every day it was great right did it drive you crazy by like week two honestly I liked what I kept saying is it was like being forced to be on vacation and (laughs) when I say that I kind of mean like you know when you're on a seven day vacation and on day six someone's like hey should we go for a nice steak tonight and you're like how about we go for like 7-Eleven sushi because I have no money so that's kind of where it felt like where every time there was something I wanted to do or even you know all you did was look at Instagram so you're seeing all these things you want to buy and you go hmm how am I gonna pay for this that was probably the the hardest part but uh yeah luckily things are things are starting to get back on track it's funny with this whole quarantine thing. Doesn't it feel like you saved money because you're not going out? You're not doing anything. You're like, you're only buying a few things. That's about it. Oh yeah. But at the same time, like the money that you have, there's so much less coming in that right. the essentials that you're paying for are paying, um, uh, basically buying. And then any of the like rent and things like that, that's that pot feels like it never changes, but the amount in doesn't. So then you're just kind of like, oh man, I'll, I'll never, I'll never be able to get out of this. But I think, you know, it's, it's one of those things that we needed to do because, you know, I, I much prefer everybody make it out of this thing, uh, happy and healthy rather right. than, you know, not. Oh yeah. I agree with you. So man, you've been busy for the last few years. Well, you've done like a few TV show, you know, roles. And recently you were just on the order on Netflix We'll talk about that, but really quick for the listeners, uh, where are you originally from? Uh, I was born in a place called Kelowna. That's uh, in British Columbia, Canada. Um, it's kind of like wine country in um, in Canada. It is beautiful. Um, I grew up there until I went uh, to northern British Columbia, where basically all you play sports, and um, that was sort of my life until I went to college for baseball i remember that was sort of my plan i wanted to play a children's game growing up until it just didn't seem like it was going to go that way and then all of a sudden i basically decided okay let's uh 
let's try acting. I want to instead, you know, be a uh, person who plays, go from being a person who plays a game to a person who plays pretend. So mm. that's what I've been doing for the last uh, about 10 years. I got to ask, how did you get, a, like, how did you start playing baseball? You know, you, you think of Canada, you think of hockey right away. Most parents were Canadian actors that had on. It's like, oh yeah, I got forced into hockey right away. Like, how did you get into baseball? Well, I played both. Baseball was always one of those things that, man, it is such a beautiful game. I, I always like to compare baseball to like, even, even like dance, where if you are a dancer and you go to the ballet, you appreciate it so much more. And people who don't play can't appreciate it, but like the intricacies of the game are something that you, you can't ever fully appreciate you've done it and been a part of it. And it's one of those things like my dad, he, he was a baseball hockey player um, his whole life. And, you know, it's the funny thing about being in Canada is I think some people think, you know, you get across the border and all of a sudden there's uh, uh, igloos and um, right, right. dog sleds. But, you know, <laughs> it, the only thing that changes is that we are much more four seasons. Like we do have, you know, beautiful summers, which are, you know, 90 degree heat, but then we have winters in which there is snow. So that's kind of why you can be a multi-sport athlete as where if you grew up, you know, in the South in the States, like there's no hockey around because there's no ice. There's no time to do anything except for be outside. So it makes sense to be a full-time football player, be a full-time baseball player. But when you have four seasons, you kind of get a chance to, you know, be a multi-sport athlete. So I got into that and um, I was also playing hockey in the winter, but one of the things that I kind of looked at when I was playing was one made me better than the, at the other. I mean, I was always a great baseball player, but hockey made me more athletic and baseball taught you sort of, you know, how to be an individual in a team sport. So there's always like benefits to being a multi-sport athlete. You got to know Blue Jays fan or a uh, old Expos fan? Oh, Blue Jays for sure. I'm absolutely a Blue Jay fan. I mean, I, I will root for them any chance I get. I do love if I'm a National League team, I'll I'll root for the Dodgers, but uh, Blue Jays uh, AL all the way. Nice, nice. What do you think of that? Do you, do you think a season's going to happen? I know they keep talking about it, but every day you're hearing somebody's getting COVID. There's, there's a, but a lot of, you know, stuff in – going on so hopefully it does go we got people going to training camp right now which is nice I saw like Mike Trout he's in training camp with a mask on and I was like really impressed to see that um you know it, it's it's nice that people have the hope that it's going to happen and I think no matter what we should all sort of plan for the best but you know be ready for the worst so I'm glad that the MLB teams aren't going to just go one day like okay guys you're playing on thursday it's like okay by the end of the month we'd like to be playing guys please report to training camp if it turns out this isn't going to work thank you so much we won't be doing a season but i'm glad that they're sort of attempting it and that's the thing is i think it should be done safely and make sure that there are no issues and just because they've gone this far doesn't mean that they're at the point of no return it should obviously be a thing where it's like okay let's do this in the right way because I'd love to watch baseball again. I cannot wait. Yeah, I'm looking forward to too. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to football too. I'm a huge football oh fan. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait for the new season. It like it's one of those things. Football took over my new like fan of about two three years ago. 
Um, my parents are huge uh, Seahawks fans, and they sort of brought me into the fold. And we went to a Seahawks game. I brought my fiance for the first time ever last year, and now she's a fan of the Seahawks. So it's just we're very excited for the new season, hopefully. Hopefully, you're right. So um, you mentioned that when you were in college, that's when you kind of had an idea you wanted to get it in, into acting. But did you have any, like, when you were younger, did you have any thoughts about it? Oh, absolutely. Well, I, this is another fun thing about it being from a small town in Canada is I remember going, I'd like to be maybe in a play one day. And there was a playhouse in Prince George where I grew up. And I, I was like, I'd, I'd like to be in a play. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll try to be in a play. And I remember calling it a tryout because that's what you did in sports, not audition. Right. But I remember being like, I'm going to try out for a play. And then this little voice in the back of my head went, oh, no my friends might come and make fun of me for being in the play. And then as I got older and as I look back on it now, I went, why would an 11 year old go to a play? What, the, what part of that would be a thing that they would do? They're, they're not going to the play like, Hey, did you know Madison was in a play? <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> right guys. And I'll be like, why, why was that what my mind went to? Which is, when you were younger, what were like some of your favorite uh, like TV shows or movies growing up? I mean, like anybody, I think I watched Friends religiously. I remember that was the first shows that I had like all the DVDs for. Yeah. So I, I used to, that's where I got my terrible habit of watching TV before going to bed. So I would watch Friends um, before bed. Uh, I was put in a new DVD. So basically, if the six episodes that were on the DVD ran out, I had to switch it while I'm trying to fall asleep. So that never helped my sleep, I'll say that. Um, and then, I mean, I loved the OC. I still had the box set of my DVDs from the OC. Um, but me and my family, we had a different show every night. I mean, we were in the early ages of CSI, so the procedural dramas. We watched that every Thursday. We were always into Survivor. That was a big one. Like we had Survivor pools every year. So we had, you know, Big Brother as well and The Amazing Race. But man, I could, I would have probably been able to tell you all about it. So uh, when you were going to college for marketing, like how did you, you know, when you went to your parents, you told them like, you know what, I'm going to switch my major. I'm going to go into acting. You know, like how did that go? It was actually my mom's idea. She kind of gave me the heads up, you know, hey, if this isn't what you're leaning towards, if this isn't what you want to do, what about, you know, trying acting? That was something that you wanted to do when you were a kid. Is that still something that you want? And I got that little pitter patter in my chest. I kind of went, yeah, that's kind of what I want to do. And within a few months I had signed up to be in school in Vancouver. Um, I had basically, uh, dropped out of the next year of college. I finished my first year and I, I didn't, um, go the next year. So I dropped out. I had plans of moving to Vancouver within six months and I picked everything up and basically just left. And I haven't looked back since, honestly, I'm so happy with the choice that I made because, you know, you'll never look at the choice to pursue your dreams, uh, and sort of regret it in my opinion. Now, when you went to Vancouver, is that where you started taking acting classes? That was, yeah, the, I had, one audition while I was living in Kelowna just to see if I would be any good at it. And yeah. I remember getting there and I remember leaving, but the middle part was all a blur. I was blacked out basically. <laughs> you, um, weren't, you weren't one of those lucky ones where you didn't have to take acting classes or anything. It just, everything came to you, huh? 
Oh, not even at all. I, <laughs> I was that way. Could you imagine every, like I'd hear about, yeah, like Jennifer Lawrence doesn't take acting classes. I'm like, man, how nice would that be if you were that good without having to, like I, I luckily was a student of TV and a student of movies. So I, I love that I know things that I get taught based on it. And it's one of those things you still are learning it, but it's almost like you're being explained what you already know and finding a, like a piece for it in your brain. So when someone explains like what three act structure is and I go, oh, I know exactly what that was because I, I used to watch that in different movies and, and every Disney movie has perfect three act structure and, you know, those kind of things, because I was a student of that, those help me now, but man, I could not do what I do now without all the training that I went through. And I, I'm still in class. I have class tonight, actually. Actually, that was my next question. Do you still take classes? Because I've had guests where... You know, they've been working, they're working five plus years, even 10 years. And you're well, like, I still go to acting class once a week because it goes, I need that refresher. I need to keep oh, yeah. learning. It's, to a point, it's like, uh, if you're a professional actor, you should treat it like you're a professional athlete. I mean, the, you know, Steph Curry doesn't win the NBA championship and then go, okay, I'm obviously good enough at this that I don't need to practice. Right. Like, that guy is training in the off season. He's, you know, lifting weights, ready to go for the next season because he wants to be as good as he is or better. And that's the way every actor should look at it. Just because you've got some success doesn't mean that you're done getting better, getting learning. And just in general, I mean, staying warm. If there are people who right now during quarantine who are taking this as, you know, a vacation, man, it's going to be tough to get back on the horse because just like getting back up on a horse you might not remember how to do it so well. Mm. I've had guests that tell me they do Zooms with other actors just to practice pretty much. 100%. Just having that sort of going over it. I mean, I, I haven't, so we have, um, most of our classes are done over Zoom as well. And, you know, it's, it means that you can't practice things like, uh, like your blocking, which is, you know, uh, where you stand, what you move but you can practice your conversational sort of dialogue, which to a point in TV and film is almost the most important part. So it, it is really nice that we have this structure in place for everybody to be able to go, okay, here's how I'm going to, um, you know, rehearse. It's going to be different than doing it in real life, but at the same time, you know, you don't have a monster chasing you in real life. You have a tennis ball. So pretend. So you're really thinking about. So, like, when I was doing some research on you, you know, you've done a few, you know, TV shows, and you've done like everybody loves this one from Hallmark. You know, all the ladies love this one when calls the heart. You've yeah, done it. Yep. You, know, you did uh, Riverdale, Supergirl, Supernatural. I mean, you have a pretty decent list for somebody that's been in the business for a few years. It's it feels great. I mean, honestly, I I like to look at sort of my career so far and. You know, I definitely know that there is still a ways to go. And, and I, I look forward to every year of, of growing and improving. And looking back, I get to look at my uh, years and I get to say, okay, this year was better than the last. And I kind of have yeah. that um, for a lot of them because, you know, some actors, I think, A, get a lot of success very quickly. And when they get success quickly, you stop realizing how hard it is. And then when it gets hard again, it sucks. As where if it starts off and is a slow progression, you kind of are never forgetting where you came from, which has been the best part. So my first role, I had, you know, two lines. My second role, I had three. And, 
it just kind of went up and went up and you know I got to be a part of the second season of a show called Salvation and that was really cool to yeah. you know I wasn't a major part of the the story but I was there to help the leads tell theirs which was you know is, is a very cool place to be as an actor because you know before you can be the person telling the story you do need to be the person who helps the leads tell the story and and I I then you know with this season of the order I it wasn't my story but I was the opposition to the leads which was another very cool place to be because it's so important to telling the whole story out of the projects that uh before your recent uh your recent project what was your like, your favorite one that sticks out the most that you always like think about or remember about well I'll definitely say that I was a huge fan of the tv show psych psych was a show that was on USA and That's it right. yeah. eight seasons and when I was living in because it was always shot in Vancouver when I was living here they were uh, and I first moved they were on season five and someone in my class had got an audition for an episode they had a one line I think where their part was like they said excuse me can I have this dance and I heard that the show was called psych we couldn't watch it I had never heard of it because it was only on in the states so I found it online and I started streaming it. I was caught up within, I'd say, two weeks of the show. So I knew every episode and I was still watching. And then I actually got an opportunity to audition for the series finale. And in the breakdown, they described my character as a young Sean. Sean is the lead of the show. And I had watched the show and every episode of it for now years. And I went, I know exactly what they're looking for. And I got to work with the leads of the show. I got to work with the creator of the show. That for me was like, I, I was, you know, still so early in my career, but I remember going like, what, how did this happen? I remember introducing myself to Billy Zane twice because I was so nervous when I met him the first time that I forgot that I had introduced myself to him. <laughs> he said, yeah, you told me your name. And I went, don't pay attention to me. I, I'm just starstruck right now it was it was very cool i was like hey man you you were in titanic <laughs> this is cool and amazing and weird and awesome that's awesome and speaking of psych they got a uh is it i think next week when the new peacock streaming service starts the movie's coming out also oh, can't wait i will be watching that for sure my buddy was in the first movie and i'm really they got lassie coming back in this one i i'm i'm very excited for anybody who hasn't seen psych give yourself do yourself a favor and and binge that stuff because it is right. it's like watching you know a csi show but a lot funnier i remember mm. them telling me or not telling yeah telling me actually they said you know, the hardest part about the show was uh, how are we going to do this where we kill somebody every week, but also make it funny. And I think they succeeded. So how did you get in, uh, involved with like the Netflix, the order, your recent project? I, um, I think like everybody in Vancouver, I auditioned for the Jack role, which was, uh, is the lead of the show. And everybody went in. Um, I obviously, it obviously went to Jake Manley and he is phenomenal in the role. And so it was always on my radar. So when season one came out, I remember watching and I went, this is, this is something special. This is a show that is all in all entertaining. Nothing about this is not something I'm excited about. I like the characters. I like the storyline. I like it all. It's, it's keeping me intrigued. So I really liked the first season. And then I heard the second season was a go and I got um, sent an email for an audition for my character, Orban. 
And it was with a director who I had worked with in the past, which I was already really excited about because I loved working with her. Her name's Marita. And I was like, okay. And I read the role. I had a feeling I kind of knew the world that we were in. And I just kind of, you know, gave it, gave it my best shot. And it turned out that they were happy. And then, you know, being a part of the sets was so fantastic because, you know, joining a second season of a show or, or being a being there for the second season or late and even the first season, you know, that it's not your place. You're not, you're not a part of the, the, you know, the main group. So you don't want to interject or, you know, overstay your welcome too much, but this group was so awesome. I mean, I, I had most of my scenes with Sarah Gray and I have some of my favorite memories on set from you know working with another actor and you know for anybody who hasn't seen i won't spoil too much but there are times where my guy is a little bit non-verbal um and to a point we had to find ways to do that realistically and that was you know in the script it sort of says you know orban looks at Alyssa and she understands and you know as much as as a reader you can kind of go oh i know what's going on as an actor, you kind of have to go, okay, what do I do to make sure that that gets registered with an audience? How do I go, okay, I'm not going to say anything right now, but I need it to be clear that I'm saying something right now. So that was really fun to work on with a fellow actor where it was like, okay, does this work for you? How does this feel? Let's try this. And she would say, why don't you try that? It was just really nice give take. So when you got the part, did you, um, go back and watch the first season or were you already watching the show? Oh, I was already watching the show. I was, I was caught up. So I was basically, I gave it another um, watch right when I got cast and I was midway through the first season, like for the second time, right when I started. So the big reason I like to do that is to know, just have a little refresher of what's going on in the show. And yeah, it was just, you know, I, I, I was so happy to get a chance to watch it again and then to sort of see how the sausage gets made, man, it was a good experience. Uh, Two part, how would you describe your character and did you find like any challenges at all playing the character? I would describe Orban as being not the antagonist, but I would say being the, uh, being a protagonist on the opposite side of our main protagonists. So in no way is he evil, but uh, you know, Orban has motives that aren't in line with who we see as our leads. And that may just be because I play him. So I like to think of him as a good guy. Some people I've seen on Instagram have basically come out and said, I hated your character and he was terrible. And oh, man. Said, okay. <laughs> but I take that as the best compliment I can get. If someone says, I hate you because your character was so mean, I go, oh yeah. Did- you did your job. You did your job. Um, and then for the hardest thing, I don't know if there was like a hardest thing. It was more, it was so, you know, the, the, the way it was written was so well. I had such a great director to, you know, have as a sounding board off for the things that I had planned. And you know, she was able to give me all the ideas that she had. Um, you know, I, I did a little bit of not research into, you know, my people because we've sort of made them up but I sort of tried to find parallels in different movies 
that I think kind of linked up. And one of the ones that I watched again while I was getting ready was Avatar because, you know, the people in Avatar, they are connected to the world of, you know, the of Pandora, the planet that they're on. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that seems similar to the way, you know, my group, the, the Prometheans are. So I was like, I'm going to watch that again. I'm going to see if that, you know, sparks any ideas. And that ended up being what I did link to, you know, what does this all mean? Why, why are we so connected? Um, you know, memories, uh, history, all that sort of comes from the earth. And in not really any like hippie way, but it was just like that sort of feeling that there is a connection with the world, which was really awesome. The show was filmed in Vancouver, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. So, so that must've been great for you. They, it was just, how far do you live from there when you were filming it? It was about an hour drive, I'd say, every morning, which, you know, as much as that isn't too bad, it's nice to kind of, you know, have that. I, I, I like having a bit of a drive before going to set because when you do that, you have that little bit of a wind down. You can, you know, play a song in the, uh, in the cartridge to sort of warm up your voice. I was listening to a lot of, uh, funny enough, I was listening to Hamilton a lot during when uh, we were filming just because I was trying to memorize the lyrics to my shot all on my own not easy oh man so throughout the throughout the filming of your parts do you give a scene that stands out the most that's like your favorite i really do like the scene where it's me and sarah and i explain sort of our um uh, it's a scene in the garden. It's me and her, and I'm explaining sort of the way our group works, the Prometheans, and where our power comes from. That was my audition scene, and to a point, and, and this might be something that only exists for me, but I think some actors feel the same way. Uh, anytime you get to film your audition scene, A, you feel like you already have it ingrained in your brain. You already know the words so well, so there's no real, like, memorizing or getting ready you kind of already have it memorized and you've already visualized how to do it in a you know on an x in a room you know without the things around you so all of a sudden when you get to bring it to life and walk it around i mean when i was doing it as an audition you're in a little office building with the small tripod camera in front of you pretending that there's you know trees blooming right in front of you yeah. as where when you finally get to do it you have a you know vfx guy going okay so here's what's going to happen we're going to put tree there them everywhere here so just look here and you guys are going to be walking down this aisle and this is where you're going to stop like it's it's so cool to get a chance to literally visualize something that you had to pretend was happening in a room so i i like it for that reason that was my first chance really getting to see how much I enjoyed working with Sarah, um, of, of how well we sort of fed off of each other in that scene. So that would be the one that sticks out, but I do really like in my, uh, my third episode, which comes to see me and clearly I'm just not having a great life anymore after the events of the episode before. But uh, if anybody hasn't noticed or gets the chance to watch, I grow weed directly out of the pot within a half second. And that was kind of cool just to be able to do it. And fun little tidbit of uh, information. 
in Canada, um, marijuana is legal. So they just bought real marijuana for a set because it was cheaper. That's a, that's a good one to, to right? Yeah, you're right, you're right. Literally, they were like, I was like, oh, cool. It looks just like marijuana. And they're like, yeah, it, it is. It was cheaper for us to buy. And I went, okay, good yeah. to know. Surprise it's cheaper to buy than just like a fake plant or something. Yeah, I think because of the idea of having to make one that, like, because it was meant to be this large sprout that sort of happened out of nowhere. And to make or buy like a large fake marijuana plant, they were like, we couldn't find one anywhere. So they literally went, let's just, let's just uh, buy a real one. Interesting. So you mentioned earlier how, how like, you know, like your scene was like with your auditioning and everything. So like, when you go for your auditioning, what do you like, what do you like to do more? Do you like to do the live audition in front of people or are you a self-tape person? I like live auditions because you get a sense of what the other person is um, like, you get a feeling for how they want it to go. And it's to a point, it's just not just showcasing what you can do as an actor, but how you can adjust as an actor. I mean, that's what the nice thing about being in the room with the director is or the producer, if they have a vision and you're close to it and they can go, okay, you're close. Here's what I want to see you do. Just slightly different, try and tweak this. And you can not only go, okay, as, as a director, that person goes, not only do I think this person is a good actor, but I know that this person can help me execute my vision because they understand me, I understand them, and I know how to adjust them slightly so that we can collaborate on this so i do really like that one of the benefits of self-tapes is you get to send the best options so to a point self-tapes are a lot more like being on set you get a few chances with it you get to make sure that you send the right take you send the one that had the the better performance whatever that is so that is one of the benefits and it's what we're going to be doing right now as actors um because there aren't in the room auditions right now. So everything's gonna be over self-tape. And it's lucky that I think I do enjoy both, but I do like that collaboration with the director in the room, that first sort of, you know, meet cute of uh, how do we work together is always fantastic. Here's my thing about the self-tape. Like I know like some actors and actresses like it, but it's like when somebody's watching those, as soon as they find who they want, they might not even watch yours after. Oh, they might only watch the first like 15 seconds and go, yes. because self-tapes to a point are just like the way we do it when we're watching a TV show is if you're, you might have someone who's the best actor, but if they're not that, there's not that electricity when you watch them, right? that you might just turn to the next person. And that's what you're always hoping is that you want to give your audition, your self-tape, that electricity that makes people want to keep watching. And that's not always in your control. You, you can, you know, to a point force that or you can try and convince them a little bit more when you're in the room but over self-tape you're totally right it's like tinder they could literally go swipe left right yeah because with the with the live editions at least you know like say even they have 30 appointments that day and they think they have number 10 but then you walk in you're the last person and you could have hit it out of the park guess what you got the part instead of number 10 exactly yeah they, they you only have the part until the next person does it's like you know i i always like to say 
uh, if we go back to baseball, like baseball to a point, you are always fighting for the next, um, for the next position. You always want to be higher up in the batting order. I always like to say that uh, the only people in baseball who root for their own team is the guys who are batting one, two, three in the World Series. Otherwise, you're always kind of hoping that the person just ahead of you trips a little bit so that you can take his spot. You're right. And you're right. that's totally the case with acting. Like, you, you root for everybody, especially, you know, here in Vancouver. We do like to hear – we'd like to treat it a little bit like a team where it's like at least someone from here got it, at least someone from here, um, you know, booked that role. So it wasn't me. But my buddy did, which means now we're getting more, uh, we're getting seen more here, which is always exciting. However, you do like when it's you and you do hope it's you and you're competitive against the people on your team, but they're still on your team. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. So what's, uh, what's next for you? Did you have any other, before this whole quarantine started, did you have any other projects that were going to come out or got delayed? Um, I have a web series. I've done the first season of a web series called Narco Leap. And uh, we have officially um, got our shooting dates for our second season. We're going to be doing, um, four, it's a, we did eight 10 minute episodes for our first season. And this season we're going to be doing, so basically it turned out to be kind of like one, one episode-ish. Uh, this season is going to be uh, four 15 minute episodes. So again, basically one episode, but cut into short um, streaming episodes. Really excited about that. It was it was such a fun experience um, to be a part of that team for the first season. Um, I got my first award nomination for my performance in that. So it's really excited to go back to it. Um, and that was about two years ago that we worked on it. So it's going to be really cool to sort of be back with the team, people that we've you know kept up with. I was with um, Chelsea Reese from the 100, a really good friend of mine, Austin Ecker. He's one of the other leads. Uh, Alex Ponovic, who is a Vancouver, you know, celebrity. Yeah. It's been really cool to be a part of this group, and we're all really excited to get back to it. And to a point, we are one of the earliest shows that'll get a chance to film in all of this. So we're really excited to, you know, get the cobwebs off and be ready for when things get going again. How can the listeners uh, find that show to watch it? Uh, the first season is on YouTube, so all you have to do is search Narcoleap, uh, and it's, it'll pop right up. You can even search um, uh, my, my name on Inst or IMDb is Madison Smith, and that'll have a link to um, Narcoleap on there. You can find all the information online at uh, narcoleap.com, but it is YouTube. Just search Narcoleap, and the first season will pop right up. Mm. Madison, how can the listeners find you on social media? I'm at uh, MattoSmith21 on Twitter and Instagram. And if you ever want to take a look at what's coming next, IMDb uh, Madison Smith. All right, Madison. This was fun. Thank you for coming on. Thank you so much, Adam. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, everybody. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. I finally get my man cave. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the MCC Podcast. And our website, themccpodcast.com. Until next time.